0: Hello, my name is Flick Beckett and welcome to The Love of Cinema, a Picturehouse podcast proudly sponsored by KEAR, the champion of independent cinema nationwide. On today's programme, we are talking with BAFTA award-winning documentarist Christopher Morris about A Year in a Field, a truly beautiful meditation on four seasons spent in a Cornish field with a 4,000-year-old menu called Boscawen Ross.
1: Once in a lifetime, natural disasters are happening more than once in my lifetime. I've never glued my hand to a road or doused a wildfire or strapped myself to a tree in Brazil. Never been there. And I've never been on a protest march. This is a quiet, unnoticed one-man vigil. A small direct action of stillness.
0: Welcome, Christopher Morris, director of A Year in a Field, to the Picture House podcast, uh, which we are going to be showing. To be oh, thank <laughs> you. And, um, and we're going to be showing across all our picture houses on Tuesday, the 5th of December as part of World Soil Day and our green yeah. screen initiative. Yeah, so how are you feeling about that? And what, and the connection with World Soil Day, that we thought that was very um, fortuitous. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I mean, the fact that it's gonna play in across the picture house cinema uh, across the UK, I mean, it is just, I mean, gobsmacking, really. I mean, a really is, for 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 such a small film as, as this, in terms of its, you know the, the backing that it had or 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 whatever you know the very fact it's got into a single cinema has been great uh, to go across picture houses is, is really is really fantastic i mean I'm, I'm bowled over so and the and the soil so, the soil day is great because in a way this is where the the film really began with a book that i bought maybe 10 years ago and i actually i hadn't read at all but it was on my bookshelf here in fact it is on my bookshelf here around the corner somewhere it's called A Year in the Life of a Field and it was written by a guy called Michael Allaby in the 40 years ago exactly 1981 it was published and what he did was he stood in a Cornish field for a year and wrote this book and I had already started filming but didn't know what to do with it. And then I remembered I had this book and I went, oh, that's what I should be doing. <laughs> so it was, a, it was like a revelatory moment. Anyway, thing is about Michael is he's still alive. He's in his 80s now. He lives up in Scotland. and But he was one of the founder members of the Soil Association. So it was, it, you know, so soil features very heavily in his book. And it's one of the reasons I, I put a small section about soil in the field in the film really is because obviously it is one of the engines of life on earth and it is you know absolutely crucial so this film has a very strong association with soil so it's perfect. we will
0: have to invite michael to our cameo screening in edinburgh as he close oh
1: it there. yeah i'm not sure where he lives i think he lives somewhere near mull or somewhere but ah
0: oh, uh, okay right. <laughs> well uh, we'll reach out to him definitely so you've had the book for about 10 years, did you say? And then- Will
1: I get the book? Sorry? Will I get you the book?
0: Oh, well, okay, yes, please. It'll Let's take have a look. one second, hold on, I don't
1: know where it is. There you go. So that's the kind of original book that really was inspiration for the film. I bought it, as I said, I bought it 10 years ago or so in Wales in a in a second hand bookshop but i bought it because i loved the typography and the idea of it a year in a field i just thought oh what a brilliant thing but i didn't read it i didn't read it at all and then you know once i started filming i i turned to the kind of like table of contents and i went oh that, maybe that's what i should be doing you know so uh, yeah so it's a really important book
0: and is it is it literally about sustainability and the the value of soil and how little we understand it or, yeah. Not really.
1: I mean, it, what he did, he's an ecologist um, okay. uh, through and through. And uh, what he did was very simply spend time in the field marking the changes of the season, looking at the flora, the fauna, the animals, the plants on this, on this Cornish field. It's, a, it's in a different part of Cornwall. It's up near Bodmin. So it's much more remote, much more hilly, I don't think they were growing a crop in the field in the book as far as I remember it was for sheep and 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 really what he's doing is he's charting you know the, the 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 this wild place and but essentially what I same as I did you know just charting what you saw in the year he does do what you know and again this was the inspiration he does refer back to history and he does refer to things but interestingly in 1981 as far as I can see in the book, remember from the book now, there is no mention of climate change or there is no mention of the wider climate environment. It, it's very focused in on the field. My film is different in that way yeah. because perhaps the conversation is is, is changed or, or, or developed since Michael wrote the book. Although, you know, Michael is, um, it's a, I can't recommend it enough. You won't get it in the shops. You've got to find it online. But I can't it's, it's a brilliant nature book. so uh...
0: yes, and I, I imagine what it's calling for in, in some ways is, is our attention in the same way that your film is. It's like you know, just stop and look yes. and see and yeah. understand what we are doing. because I think that's really the, the absolute lack of comprehension that people have. You know yes. even to understand like you said in the film it takes 500 years to create one inch of soil yes and my other understanding is that it's the six inches of topsoil that create all food for all humanity yes you know, and i couldn't help but
1: that you've got the you've got the the fungal layers where these mycenae are, are moving around and linking everything you know so yes we grow in the top of it but the actual underneath it is the support system for that top so it is really it's really important that you know it's the soil the depth of the soil the kind of richness of the soil and the and the way we treat our soils is is absolutely imperative you know Mm -hmm. and I didn't choose I didn't choose an organic farm I mean I chose the field because it had the stone in it but yeah it didn't you know, that, that field is a very ordinary field. It is farmed using conventional uh, farming methods. And I'm not making a judgment about that at all, because, I mean, this is the world that we that we are living in and around. Actually, it's not farmed intensively. And the one thing that I did come away from with my year in the field was a great respect for the farmer who really treasures what what he is guardian of i give him a title at the end of the film it says longstone guardian and oh. uh, i didn't say longstone farmer because he is he that's the way he feels about it and i think it comes back to your point about us taking time to to see uh, what is on our doorstep and the wonder i think wonder is a really good word and mm i think in, in my camera work what i've tried to do is just i hold the shots quite long longer than you would normally have in a natural history film because it's just saying look and then it and then it, you know it 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 sort of in, uh, invites you to look uh and see things in a new way it's it,
0: yeah
1: and in a way it's sort of it is, it, 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 it's a different type of engagement with with the images of nature and wildlife than you see in some of the blue chip natural history films, good though they are. But th- in those films, you know, you're taken to the other side of the world mostly. And even when and the, the British Isles series, which was brilliant, the recent one, you know, it's still the magical creatures. It's still the whales and the otters and the, and the you know, uh, what are they called? kingfishers and you know it is the magic creatures that get the attention and actually in my film it's slugs and worms and you know just the ordinariness of life which still has wonder
0: absolutely but, and they're the hard workers <laughs> you know, yeah, so they're, exactly they're absolutely. the ones we really need yeah but tell me tell me back to me because I, I could I felt that this was a an absolute creed occur and that I can imagine there was a point where you were just ringing your fans like everyone and thinking, what can I do? What can, How can I make a difference? And was this how you decided to try to make a difference? Was there a moment like sitting in the pub where I can either crawl under a stone or spend a year in a field, you know, what can I do? Um,
1: it's a really good question. I, 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 The honest answer is, if I could predicate it by saying, I've been teaching filmmaking at various film schools for the last 15 20 years and the amount of students that would come to me and say i want to make a film about climate change and i would say pause wait be very careful you've got no budget you know what what are you going to be able to do you know and it wasn't a, i never said no but i always said you've got to be this is so it's such a big subject how on earth are you going to be able to cope and tell it within they, particularly, they were working within the short film form, within five minutes, 10-minute film. And so I was always... Do- so I, I took that message on board for myself, and I certainly did not set out to make a film about climate change at, at all. What I set out to do, I started photographing the stone when I came across it one day when I was lost. And I just started photographing it, and I did that for six years. And I just posted them on Instagram, if anybody wants to see it, it's uh, at Standing Granite. And then one day I just started filming it instead of photographing it, just to mix it up a bit. And then I took another shot and another shot and another shot, and I, I built up a sort of bank of of uh, images, if you like, of, of, of footage. But I didn't, at that point, I, I, I didn't know it was gonna be a film. As I said, I then remembered this book and it began to be a film. But again, this book's not about climate change either. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I thought, yes, okay, I'll stand in a field for you and I'll make a film about the flora and fauna. I'm no expert, but I will just see what is here. And because nobody was funding this film apart from me, there was no, the the level of kind of worry about failing was so small because if it was rubbish <laughs> or I got bored or you know, it did, simply didn't work, it wouldn't have affected anything or anybody you know nobody would have got to see it. so it was' no, it wasn't a problem. And so I, it was very low entry point for for the for me to actually begin to make these the, the film. I think what happens, and you'll see it in the film is about twenty minutes into the film. So winter has gone by, spring is on its way. and I've been filming in the field for about three and a half months. and all the messages about climate change that had been bombarding me in 2021 which Antonio Guterres had said was a make or break year for humanity I mean how can I avoid that and then suddenly I think because I've been filming for, for slow by osmosis by a very slow process it entered the film and it entered the film in a very low-key kind of way I started reporting well Charting in my notes while I was filming what was happening around the world in Mozambique, or the, you know something a, a terrible storm had hit, you know, or there has been an ice storm in America which had knocked out silicon production, you know, and th- odd things. But I started collecting those, and they. They found their way slowly into the film. So it it it's not a film that hits you over the head right from the beginning and saying this is a film about climate change. Not at all. This is a film about me being in a field and actually the climate emerges or the the crisis of the emer- emergency emerges slowly. And I think in that way, kind of there's an authenticity to it because, you know, who am I to say anything about climate change? I'm no scientist, you know, I'm, I'm just a person who stood in a field and and I think that's probably reflected in the sort of oddity of my approach to the climate crisis if you, if you know, know what I mean. I said set out to to change the you know change people's thinking. It's just it's my thinking,
0: yes, and I suppose um, like with a lot of the quotes that you use, there's an invitation to consider how we live, yes, you know. And your narration, which draws on history and science and astronomy, and, and you know, you encapsulate in, so many vast themes, but they all seem to sort of come together to sort of say, re- "Let's remember who we are," in a way. Do you think, yeah. or, or, or yeah. how do we how do we remember who we are and change everything? <laughs>
1: yeah i mean i think remembering who we are is a good way of putting it uh, maybe i should put it because it's that sounds rather grand it's remembering who i am you yeah. know i mean i think this is it's me standing there thinking about my own place in the world and if anybody else can take things from that then then that's terrific but it was again it was never it's not didactic i hope i mean the guardian when they wrote about it said it was preachy and didactic at times and well that's uh, that's their opinion i hope it isn't i mean because I, it was never it's never set out to be that um and again who am i to say what people should or should not be doing with their lives you know and uh, or, or how we should go forward there's no answers in this film at all but what there is is a reminder of the you know the simple fact of of the wonder the wonders we have in front of us i mean how we can deal with Crashing. Ice flows in the Ar- in the Arctic, it, it, you know, it's really hard, I think, for me anyway, it was really hard to grapple with the realities of that. I've never been there. I've never been to I've never been to the Amazon, you know, but actually the field is something that actually I can care about. And it's on our coast. It's it's part of my environment. And it just it me strikes me that wherever we, we live in Britain, whether it's in the heart of a city or or out in the countryside where I live, you know, the principles are the same. You know, the parks that we have, the verges that we have, you know, they are all massively important and they are full of wonder. But you just got to stop for a moment to do it, yeah. which is hard in our environment, in our way we live our lives, you know.
0: It is. And, and how did you, Matt? How did you manage this year out you know or, or was it even a year out was, were you able to incorporate your work and you know because it's it's enviable that you know you could have you, that you could have done that
1: well i mean the the actual filming it was a year that i filmed within and i think i i think i worked it out that i i was in the field filming 270 times i think beyond that i was probably in the field at times when I wasn't filming, another 50 or 60, but there, but I wasn't there every day, and I certainly wasn't there all day, every day. I was teaching part-time at the university, but essentially, I was heading towards leaving work, so by the time we get to September in the film, actually, I had pulled away from working at the university, so the truth is, I'm retired now from my main uh, work, which was which was teaching in the university. And I decided I wanted to go back to my first love and the first thing I did in the first part of my career, which was make films non-stop. So I, in a way it was a, the whole project of making this film was me rediscovering myself as a filmmaker in, in, a, in a way as well after 20 or so years of teaching. But, so two points come out of that. I think one of them, yes, I, I had the time and the space to make it, especially in the edit. By the time we got to the edit, then I was, I was on this full time. And the other thing was that I don't think I could have made this film until I was uh, in my 59th, 60th year. I think a lot about the film is about me thinking back to the way I used to live as a child and the kind of Britain I lived in in the 1960s and 70s when I was growing up. There's a, there's a bit in the film about salad bags, for example, and there's a thing in the film about the kind of expectation we have now that we can have blackberries at any time of the year or raspberries or whatever it is, you know, coming, blueberries, I think, I you know, coming from Peru. I mean, the madness of it. When you say that, blueberries are flown to Britain in winter so that we can have them at any time of the year when you think about that logically then a lot of things unravel so that you know there are things in the film which are kind of so i think i don't think i could have made this film when i was in my 20s
0: no and and also you can see a lifetime of craft in your photography and cinematography you know it's an absolutely stunning film to watch and yeah and i agree i think you're you're your script and your narration and the musings that you have all come from bearing witness to what has passed you know in a way the generation after us are, are just in their experiential phase yes. you know yes. whereas we're in our more reflective phase and um and have the luxury to do so at the moment which is, which is yeah
1: awesome, i which mean awesome. i i live in a world where i can remember a time without the internet and i have a time with the internet and you know there are brilliant things about the internet but i also remember the time before and how things were done before and i think that's a very lucky position to be in so i've just taken that principle and just applied it to some of the ideas around you know food the way we live etc so I, I, and i think that that's one of the privileges of being older i guess absolutely you know and there's
0: not many that that, that people celebrate which is again another Strange myth of our times, you know, of how we live, the madness of not honouring el- the elderly in a way, you know, the people that Well, not necessarily elderly, but you know, yeah. anyone over the age of 25 is to yeah, say, absolutely, <laughs> so
1: that's, that's true.
0: Let's go somewhere new. See worlds we've never seen before. So that we can feel inspired. Whether you're sitting in a cinema or in one of our cars, inspiration comes when we feel something new. That's why our electrified range is designed to take you on inspiring journeys. Kia, proud supporter of independent cinema. Kia, movement that inspires. So where have you gone with the film since its completion? Like, you know, I, I know that you, like you said it had a review in The Guardian. I completely disagree yeah. with it. Things I got it, by the way. And yeah, what's been the general reaction to the film? But for me, it's been it's it's a beautiful meditation that I think gently invites thought and discussion, which I think is absolutely far preferable to a lot of people than protest and a huge hmm. energy shifts and, you know, anger and God knows what, you know, whereas this is just like, that's just an opening of a, a discussion. Yeah, so what's been the reaction? Sorry, that's my reaction. <laughs>
1: well, it's been overwhelming, really. I mean, um, uh, and far outweighs the, the kind of, I mean, we had no, there's no budget for, there was hardly any budget, but there was certainly no budget for marketing or for for distribution or whatever. And it's, the whole film has been, the whole process of the film, including the, its journey out into it to find an audience has been one of organic naturalism in a way. So people have come on board with the film because of what you've just said that they liked it, or so the producer came on board halfway through because he was intrigued by what I was doing. I showed him something, and he loved it. And then the moment Denzel was on board, the center film. That was a game changer because that, that made me think about, reconsider my own film. Oh, somebody else likes it. Okay, then actually it can be a thing in the world. He's serious. He's a serious producer. Okay. And then he came on board. Then Stone Club came on board. And the moment Stone Club came on board, again, you realise that actually that they have a um, a fantastic uh, connectivity to a passionate Audience of stone lovers, of lovers of Neolithics and, uh, and megaliths and stuff. And you realize that their enthusiasm became infectious for me. And then Andy Stark at Anti Worlds came on board the distributor. And that, again, was a, in terms of cinema, that was the key moment. And he came on board, there's no money, there's no, he, he came on board because he says that the film. Uh, deeply affected him, mm-hmm. and and so everything that has happened, the fact that is now with Picture House is entirely down to this organic chain of, of people coming on board, not to do with any money or to do with any. Uh, it's people sort of having a sort of belief that it was it was worth getting out there in some form. Uh, I, I mean, and I'm deeply flattered that that people are watching it and finding it of some worth. I mean, that is great. Uh, unexpected. I mean, I honestly thought that I was going to make this film, even when Denzel came on board. I just felt we would show it a few times in Cornwall. It would then go in a drawer and maybe rediscovered in 50 years' time, you know, like I, like I
0: found this book.
1: <laughs> but, you know, uh, and then it might have a message to somebody in the future about what we were doing in 2021. But I didn't know. I had no concept that it would be that it would be taken up in the way that it has. I mean, it's playing at EcoCine in Mm. Brazil, which is, you know, one of the most important, biggest ecological human rights environmental film festivals in the world. It's been running for 31 years and it's playing in Rio. That's really amazing. That's so, so wonderful. And it's been played in cinemas and and art centers and places where people are just saying, can we put it on? The, the answer is of course yes, all, all over the country. Uh, so it played in the Outer Hebrides uh, a couple of weeks ago, up in Stornaway, and it's obviously playing in Cornwall. So and now Picture House comes on board and your sort of the wealth of your cinema chain will will be able to take it into a load of places that it's not been yet. Yeah. So that's really exciting.
0: And it's part of our green screen initiative as well. So yeah. what's going to be quite exciting for people as well is normally our green screens are followed by a, a live panel discussion. And obviously you can't be at all of them because we're no. showing it all on one day. <laughs> so we're going to be having some exclusive footage, a and a that you're going to be making for us to screen after the film, yeah. which is really exciting. Well, we've already
1: made it actually. Oh, <laughs> uh,
0: one,
1: one of the festivals that I went to was at Zurich. It was invited to for to, to be screened at the Zurich Film Festival earlier in the year, maybe two months ago. And it was a brilliant festival. Again, uh, it was really interesting to see the film in a European context. And um, it went down really well. I mean, again, you know, a film about a field in Cornwall, very parochial and very small. Obviously, it is dealing with big, wide-world issues, but it was great to see it in that context. But um, a film student there uh, contacted me and wanted to do an interview so Raphael did the interview and it was really fantastic interview so I asked him then when you asked me for a and a to go back and recut it in a longer form which he's done and so uh, rather nicely you know it's been put recycled which is good right. for yeah. purposes and uh, lengthened and whatever and also this student has uh, uh, got a fee out of it as well but it's a I really like it because his questions were very. I mean, he was in his twenties, and the questions came from a twenty-year-old, and it seemed that that was a, the right kind of generation to be asking the right these questions. So, it worked. It worked out really well, and I really liked the interview that he he gave. So, uh, yeah. So that's that's going to be playing behind uh, after each each uh, screening. With it you.
0: is. Oh, I'm so pleased, Chris. That sounds wonderful. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. And also, just to highlight, there will actually be a live panel in Bath and our Henley sites, and they'll be inviting local experts on soil and climate change to to speak following your Q&A. So that's really exciting in some places. So I'm going to have to bring this, this fantastic chat to a close. Just if you could, could you say to people why they should see this film in a cinema? Because I'm a huge advocate for cinema, and what, what, what are your thoughts on that?
1: I think, I think if you can see it in a cinema, like all cinema, cinema is about stopping and, and taking yourself out of normality, and your phone is off. There is no distractions, hopefully. And there is a, a space in time in which you are inviting a story to be told to you. So for me, if you can see it in cinema, it is the best place because not only is the picture bigger, than the sound, you know, and all that, it's all encompassing. But it is about taking, in a way, similar to what I did, spending a year in a field, you're, you're taking your hour and a half out to put yourself in a very special place, which is designed to absorb stories. So I think that's part of the reason. The other reason I would say is that the soundtrack, the soundscape of the film, was beautifully made by Claire Stevens, who is actually one of my old students from Falmouth. And she has a company called Porth Sound in Cornwall. And she created using the original recordings and that I took in the field and other uh we had a, a, a field recordist who came in and took special recordings and she created this incredible sound design which is surround sound so you it is immersive and you won't get that on the television if you watch it on the tv but uh, you know so for that reason alone I would say um go and see it hopefully uh you will enjoy the experience all the more.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today, Christopher, and really good luck with whatever comes from the film. And hopefully it will help people to, I don't know, just ponder their lives. Yeah,
1: it tells you you nothing. It tells you (laughs) nothing about how you should go forward. But it does. It just pauses and just says, this is where we are.